All that started back in 1920 when Coca-Cola did an advertisement commercial with Santa Claus as their advertisement. And he was distributing Coke to refresh the kids and the community. And so from that point on, it became such a big hit that everybody kind of embraced this Santa Claus in our community. Now, it became very commercialized, Santa Claus. All that being said, I want to talk today about what would the Apostle Paul say to Santa Claus if he was here today? Because you know as you read the Bible, the Apostle Paul has something to say about almost everything. And he didn't beat around the bush. He just said it exactly how it needed to be said. If I didn't know better, I would swear Apostle Paul was from the Bronx. Because he just said all he had to say. He didn't care what nobody thought or how they felt. He just put it out there. Even uh, Barnabas, the son of encouragement, said, no, no, we ain't taking John Mark with us. You can stay back with him. He ain't nothing. No good. Not going with me. He just laid it out there. I'm, I'm just not. This is a whole different culture because in Kansas, we didn't have boom, 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 singing songs. It was all treble. I moved to New York. It's all bass. Nothing but the bass. It's different. So what would the Apostle Paul say to Santa Claus today? So hopefully this will help some of us not to be so angry about Christmas but to be a little joyful with the, the meaning of Christmas. I believe the first thing the Apostle Paul would say to Santa Claus would be this. Santa, continue to keep the spirit of Christmas alive. Now hear me on this. Christmas is probably the most celebrated holiday in the world as a religious celebration and as a secular celebration. And even though our culture, it has become more commercial, Santa has saved the focus point. Now, that's not very good because the real focus point is Christ's birth and what Jesus did. But perhaps without Santa, Christmas may have become a holiday such as Pentecost, a very important day, but who really thinks about Pentecost? Who celebrates Pentecost? But because of Santa Claus, we are able to have a consistent celebration on Christmas. There's no greater opportunity to talk about Jesus than in the month of December. Even in the world, people talk about Jesus in December, and it's okay. You think about it, they don't let people talk about Santa Claus or God, I'm sorry, God in school. But in December, you can talk about it all you want. Even going into January, you can still talk about what did you get for Christmas, what happened at Christmas. And that's why the first month of 2018 is called Manuary, because we're going to still be talking about Jesus as we go and share with every man we see in the city of the Bronx. Amen? But it's a great opportunity. you got to realize that. Even if you don't like Santa, he is providing us an opportunity to talk about Jesus to people consistently. People are singing songs. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Silent night, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Time and time again, we see things about Jesus more in December than any other time of the year. They even have Christmas shows, animations. We see Charlie Brown Christmas every year. It's all kinds of Christmas stories, again, reminding us about Christ being here. So is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. When you look at it, it gives us an opportunity to spread God's word. Now, is their motives always pure in what they're doing in celebrating Christmas? No. But look at what the Bible says in Philippians 1, verse 17. Philippians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. We can look at this, and instead of getting angry about Christmas being talked about so much, look at what it says here in the Bible. The former preached Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. 
But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Brothers and sisters, you don't even have to like it, but it gives us an opportunity to share the word of God throughout the city and throughout the world. So I believe the Apostle Paul will tell Santa to keep the spirit of Christmas alive so my people can keep preaching the truth about Jesus Christ and his birth. Amen? The second thing I think the Apostle Paul would say, Santa, continue to teach people to give. Continue to teach people to give. You know, from the earliest inception, whether it was St. Nicholas, uh, Pierre, Chris Kringle, whoever it may be, people liked it because he gave gifts. It was always in the spirit of giving. Christmas is about giving, but St. Nicholas was not the first to give. God was the first to give. He talks about it in John 3.16. What did it say? He gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him to have eternal life. It is so important to realize Christmas is about giving, but God was the first to give. God was the first to set the stage. Even at the birth of Christ, people gave. Look over in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. Are y'all with me here? Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. Even at the birth of Christ, the thought of giving was something that occurred. I believe the Apostle Paul would encourage us to continue, Santa, continue to teach people to give. This is one of the most giving times of the year. You go to the store, people are out there with cans, could you give? They got little Santa Claus ringing a bell, could you give? People are more in the giving spirit than any time of the year. I was driving here today, and I was amazed at how many people let me get over on the highway in New York. They were just giving. You know what? Tomorrow's Christmas going over across lanes. People are so giving. And this is something we got to think about. Even as a parent, our budgets are tight, but you're going to find a way to get little Jamal that Christmas. You're going to cut corners. You're going to make sure, you know what, I ain't got a whole lot, but I'm going to make something happen because i got to make sure my baby is happy this Christmas. My mama used to say, hey, now after you get done wearing that shirt, don't take that tag off because I'm taking it back tomorrow so I can get that 10% discount for the after Christmas sale. There's ways we cut corners and we find a little extra $10, a little $5 here, but it's all about giving. My mom sends my kids money time and again for Christmas, and I tell both of them, that's my inheritance. I need a cut of it right now. You can't have it all. I need at least 10% of that. They don't want to give it up, but that's all right. It's coming out of their stockings. They don't know it. Yet. So I believe the Apostle Paul would tell Santa Claus to keep the spirit of giving going. Thirdly, Apostle Paul would say to Santa Claus to make Christmas about Jesus. Make sure, old St. Nick, Christmas is about Jesus. Now, even though Santa takes center stage, he is not the highlight of Christmas. And that's why it's called Christmas and not Santa month. Because it's about Christ, it's not about Santa. Now we know that and we understand that. But honestly, when the hustle and bustle of the season comes, sometimes we can forget what it's about. And we have things we say is the reason for the season and this and that. But let me tell you, how we live our lives shows people if we are really celebrating Santa or Jesus Christ. Because during this time, are we going to act any different than everybody else? We proclaim to be Christians, 
We say we're a Christian. Well, are we going to act like Christ during this time of year? Because people are going to be looking. You're in line and somebody wants to be in front. What you doing in line? You taking too long. What you doing? How you going to act? Turn around, give them the eye. <laughs> or you're going to say, you know what? Hope you have a Merry Christmas. I'd like to invite you to church. I mean, how are you going to respond? Again, you driving down the street. What if they decide not to be nice and they start telling you, you number one on the highway? How are you going to respond? You're going to tell them they number one also? Or are you going to respond in a different way? The key is, if we're going to be Christians, we need to live it out, especially this time of year. When everybody else is stressed and frustrated. Are we going to God in prayer or are we going to God with our own strength? i got to take care of this. i got to get the house ready. i got to get food ready. i got to get this and this and that. Sometimes we need to just slow down. Let's just take a deep breath. And let's remember why we're really here. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a loving time. Let's not go at each other. Because sometimes Christmas is a time that Christians attack other Christians. Because they're so busy and so stressed, they forget what it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. I mean, the list goes on. So we got to ask ourselves, what kind of image am I portraying at this time of year? Is it a Christian image or is it the image of the world? I only had a few points. But if y'all going to stay quiet, I'm going to keep adding points to this. So, so it's up to y'all how long you want to be here. I believe also the Apostle Paul would tell Santa Claus, to continue to show grace. Continue to show grace. You know what? Even Santa Claus gets angry and a little creepy. Let me tell you what I mean. Listen to the words of the song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. We're going to take it one verse at a time. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He says, stop whining, stop crying, and grow up. See, that song is for adults also. Because we can get into our feelings, into our bed, into ourselves, and we start whining, complaining, crying. Mama didn't get me nothing for Christmas. What's wrong with her? She's supposed to be a Christian. She didn't give me nothing. Second verse. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa's looking to see how you're going to act. He's making his list. It says, he's, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. That gets a little creepy there for a moment, don't it? You're sleeping like this. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. He says, oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pause. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. When you break that down, it sounds like a West. Santa Claus coming to town. You need to see like the dust sewing up and he's just sitting there with his gun on his side, waiting to draw. Santa Claus coming to town. Look out. He says... Apostle Paul would say, Santa, you need to show a little bit of grace. Why? Because nobody's good. Look over in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. That means preach it, Owen. Romans 3, verse 10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. See, according to God, none of us would make it. We'd all have coal in our stockings. But he says, you know what? You need to show him a little grace. Look over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Salvation is not a reward for good things we've done. So we can't boast about it. And that's what a, that's what a lot of kids do. I've been good. Look at all the things I did. I cleaned my room. I washed the dishes. I took out the trash. Well, you live here for free. You're supposed to do those things. I got one backstage, too. I hope you live. Well, so many times, you got to understand, grace is getting what you need, not what you deserve. So many times, people say, I want justice. You don't want justice. Because that means God will give you what you deserve. And because of our sins, we are doomed. Say, I want mercy. Well, mercy means you deserve punishment, but they let you go. So then, if that's why all you want is mercy, I'm sorry, Lucy, I'm home. <laughs> 
if mercy is all we're looking for, that means we don't get anything. We just get off the hook. But grace means even though you deserve punishment, you're not getting it, but you're going to get something even more, something better. See, instead of looking for justice and mercy, we need to be looking for grace. Like the lady that went to the salon, and she said, do me justice, when what she needed was some grace. Now, ooh, sorry about that one there. Sister's all mad. It's Christmas. We need to remember, grace is so important for us to give this time of year. Because there are going to be people that don't have Jesus in their life. They're going to be cranky. They're going to be angry. They're going to be frustrated because they don't have the blessing that we have right here, right now. They don't have the chance to come together and have somebody hug them like we do. To have somebody say Merry Christmas like we do. To have songs that we're singing. They don't have what we have. So when we see people acting a fool, we need to be able to give some grace. And to realize they, have, they don't have what we have. They're looking for what we have. So we need to show them what we have and help them to experience and accept what we have. I truly believe the Apostle Paul would say, Santa, we need to make sure we're showing and giving grace to everybody. Amen? And then fifthly and finally, I think the Apostle Paul would say, Santa, treat your people nice. Your elves. You need to treat your people nice. See, Santa, without your elves, you'd be in a tough spot. You wouldn't be able to get the job done if you didn't have the elves in your life. Are you treating them with respect and nice? Because sometimes Santa's so worried about everybody else being naughty or nice, Santa himself cannot be nice. And that's to roll over into our Christian walk. We can be so concerned about what everybody else is doing that we ourselves aren't doing the very thing we're calling other people to do. I believe the Apostle Paul would turn this right back around on Santa and say, are you being a hypocrite, Santa, or are you being nice to your elves? This is important for us to remember. Look over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Ephesians 4, verse 32. Let's be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Why should we be forgiving this time of year? Why should we be compassionate? Why should we be that way? Because that's the way God was for us. He was compassionate. He was kind. He was giving. And this is what happened. We get so busy, we forget that God himself came down, became flesh, and died for each and every one of us. That's what we're celebrating, what God did for us individually. And if we remember that, now we are able to be more forgiving more graceful, more generous. It's important for us to realize that. In Ephesians 6, verse 9, And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is, that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. If we change this up, it would say, Santa, you must treat your elves right. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favor. Just because your elves work for you, Santa, don't mean you treat them different. Listen, just because we may be in leadership, you don't treat your people wrong. You still love them. Just because they may be your kids, amen, it's because they may be your kids, you still love them. They aren't slaves. Those are your gifts that God has given you. You treat them right. Just because they're your spouse, you don't treat them as a slave. Your servant. You're my wife. Get in the kitchen. Cook some Christmas food. No, no, no. That's your partner. That's not your slave that you need to have. Well, take out the trash. You need to clean up the house, and then I'll cook you something. Again, that's your husband. That's your partner. 
That's not your slave. This is how we got to remember things. Because sometimes we treat other Christians as if they work for us. That they're our slaves. The Bible says, slaves, respect your master. Do what's right even when they're not looking at you. Many of us are talking about, I ain't nobody's slave. Talking about a slave, we're about to throw down up in here. But God called them to still be respected. Now, I say this because sometimes, even at Christmas, we have a hard time just being serving, just being given. We're not even physical slaves, and sometimes we don't want to just get up off the couch and serve and give. See, we got to ask ourselves, God is calling even the slaves to do the right thing. Even when nobody's watching, are we the same way? Are we going to do the right thing? Even when nobody's watching. See, the key for us to remember, all this happened because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we're able to be here today. Because of Jesus, we can be giving. We can be serving. We can be forgiving. We can show grace. We can love people. All because of Jesus. we got to remember, Christmas, yes, Santa may take the limelight and the commercial life, but we know what this is all about. This is still about Jesus coming down here, becoming flesh, so you and I can have our sins forgiven and have an opportunity to have a relationship with God and eternal life. I want us to think about that, because that's how I want to close out. I'm going to close this out in prayer, and we're going to be able to have our communion right now. Uh, if you did not get a communion cup, raise your hand. We'll come down and be able to give you some. There's a few people in the front that don't have them. But I want us to remember what Christmas is really about. It's not about what we get. It's about what we give. Why? Because we have already been given to so much by God then now it's time for us ourselves to enjoy those blessings, but to give as much as we can. And among all the times of the year, this is the time that the world is more accepting of you talking about God than any other time. Let's not waste this opportunity. Let's talk about God. Let's preach the word of God. Let's enjoy the season because we know the real reason for the season, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer. As we take the bread and the cup. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come together. God, it's just so encouraging to even see little children up on stage doing a nativity scene. God, they could be out in the world doing so many crazy things, but yet even now we're trying to instill the real meaning of Christmas to these children. And I pray, God, that even as adults, we don't let it go away. We don't forget about it, but that we remember truly why it's here, and that's because of your son, Jesus. And God, as we take the communion, let us truly take it remembering what Jesus did on the cross for us. And because of what he did on the cross for us, we're able to be here forgiven today. Father, we do pray for the bread and for the cup that you bless it to our bodies. Help us to walk away different because of your sacrifice. And it all occurred because of your birth that happened years and years ago. Father, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.